liturgy and things, although some uh, uh, articles and rabbis list actually 12 different things. But the three main ones is Melchiot, the kingship, which I talked about last night, Zikronot, which is remembrances, and Shofarot, which is Shofar. So today I want to speak about uh, the Shofar. Uh, one of the rabbinic sources tells us that the nature of man is that as physical beings we are inspired to action by something that's stirring, something that will cause us to snap out of the ordinary, and that the blowing of the shofar is to accomplish that. It is to awaken us and to, to, to like get our attention and to help us to, to snap out of the ordinary and to focus on the things that we might, uh, uh, that God wants to do. The rabbis tell us the following story to help us to understand that it's important that we hear, you know, we are commanded in the Torah to hear the Torah. In fact, Yom uh, Rosh Hashanah is not called Rosh Hashanah in the Torah. It's called Yom Teruach, which is uh, the day of hearing the, or the calling. Of, and um, But it's really important in fulfilling that commandment that we actually hear and not just hear with our ears. So there's a rabbinic story about a farmer. Uh, He's a poor farmer, but he had a wealthy uncle who lived in the city who invited him for a visit. So he was very thrilled with his invitation, and he uh, went out to visit his rich uncle's home. And when he arrived, he was greeted warmly, and he was led into this large dining hall with a long table. And they spoke and shared stories about the family, and the uncle picked up this brass bell, and he, he began to ring it. Well, immediately, this group of servants came from the side doors with trays of appetizers. And, and the farmer, he had never seen so much food and, and in his life. And, and so then the servants returned to the kitchen quarters, and the two relatives continued their conversation. And uh, soon afterwards, the uncle rang the bell again. And uh, once again, the servants came, and they took away the old trays, and they brought out new trays with the first course. And the farmer's eyes just got bigger and bigger because he'd never seen such food. And he was just so excited about the, all the food that was there and the dedicated service of these servants. And this pattern continued throughout the evening. And each time the uncle rang the bell, the, the servants would come in and answer his call, remove the old food and replace it. And, uh, and the farmer was just amazed every time this happened. So when it was time to leave, the farmer thanked his uncle, and, and he made a stop at the local store before, before rushing home. And when he arrived home, he woke up his wife, and he says, you'll never believe what I did. He, she said, what did you do? I spent our last penny. What? You did what? Don't worry. I spent it on something you will thank me for a million times. Here, look. And he took out of his pouch a brass bell, just like his uncle's. He says, this is a magic bell. His wife looked at him as if he was crazy, but he was undaunted. He says, you'll see, all I have to do is ring it, and immediately servants will come and serve us the most exquisite food, which we can eat till our heart's content. So he rang the bell. Of course, the servants didn't appear. The bell had no magic to it. It only worked as a signal when you had servants already waiting in the wings. The rabbis say, so too the shofar. If we do not have a heart to respond, then all we're doing is just listening to the sound of the shofar and for a magic thing. But for it to work, we need to have our hearts prepared to hear the call of the shofar. And that's what King David meant when he said, how blessed are those who know the Truach, 
who know the shofar. So I pray that my message today will prepare you to hear the shofar today. Again, it's not a magic bell. Our hearts have to be ready to respond to it. Another uh, rabbi talks about the sound of the shofar. He says, stirs up the heart of every Jew to break down the barriers that divide himself from his creator. He is awakened to serve him with complete self-sacrifice, just as Yitzchak put his life on the line in order to fulfill the will of his creator, so is the inner desire of every Jew to do the same, and the sound of the shofar urges him to do so. So we want to hear the sound of the shofar, and as my message title says, it is a sound calling us to change in this new year. We just finished the month of Elul, uh, Saturday was the last night, and of course we know during the month of Elul that is a time of reflection and introspection, self-examination. And we are going to enter into 10 special days, the Yomim Norim, the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom, Yom Kippur. And these are days when we continue that time of reflection and examination and asking God to reveal to us things from uh, this past year in our heart that we need uh, to deal with. And in doing all of this, we have to realize that when we're reflecting on things, we might have to change something. Right? I mean, isn't that the whole purpose? Of it? So we spend a month uh, of a little leading up to, to Rosh Hashanah, and then we spend these 10 days, which are really focused days of this. Well, what is the purpose of self-examination if at the end we just continue to be the same? So when we examine ourselves, and even King David said this, obviously this was after his sin with Bathsheba, but he says, God, search me, you know, creating me a clean heart, and see if there's any wicked way in me, because sometimes we don't see the things that need change. And again, that's the purpose of the call of the shofar. It's a call to awaken us. And so it's not, again, enough just to physically hear <coughs> without allowing it to penetrate to the deepest part of our hearts and our lives. So let's look at what the shofar is calling us to do. Last night, I only had two points to my message, which some could have thought was good, but those who know me realize that Two points means nothing, right? I have a few more than two this morning. But I think that God wants to encourage us with these. So the first thing is the shofar calls us to repent. This represents a change of direction. And this is the greatest level of change that any of us can, can make. That's a spiritual change. And we've discussed in, in times past, if you've been a part of this congregation and you've celebrated with us, the whole concept of Teshuvah. But just to, to briefly explain that, Teshuvah means to change. It literally means to turn or to return. And in turning, we're changing our hearts and our lives around. You know, we have used this illustration when you're, it comes from the root word shuv. And so you're walking along, and if you're going to do Teshuvah, from the word shuv, that means you're going to turn and go the opposite direction. And that's at the heart of repentance. It means the things that you are doing, you're going to turn from them and no longer do them. You're going to change in your heart and your actions and your attitudes. Now, Maimonides, who was a Jewish philosopher in the, from the 12th century and one of the famous rabbis, he tells us this about the call of the shofar saying, as Jewish people, we have turned away from the God of the Torah in so many ways. 
We have become self-sufficient, the very thing Adonai warned us against, that once he brought us into the promised land and established us, we would forgive him and think it was our wit and our abilities that accomplished it. But that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to hear and to respond to him. And this is why Adonai tells us in the book of Joel, chapter 2, Blow the shofar in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me. The, the Hebrew word there is teshuvah. Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and with mourning. Return to the Lord your God. Again, is that Hebrew word teshuvah. So wherever you are at in terms of your relationship with God, maybe you have a personal relationship with him and you've accepted Yeshua as we do, uh, uh, proclaimed in our blessings and prayers today that he is our Kippur. He is the, the one who has made atonement for our sins. And maybe you have done that, and that is awesome, but perhaps you've let things creep in, in in recent days or even in this past year that you need to turn from those things and to do teshuvah, repentance of those things. And perhaps you're here today and you know uh, about God, but you don't know that your sins are atoned for, your name, you're not sure if it's written in the book of life. Well, this is the main call that you need to hear of the shofar today, a call uh, uh, of tishuva, a call of repentance. And you're, you're going to hear that call and we're going to give you opportunity for you to respond to the shofar and to, to turn from your sin and to accept God's means of atonement for you. Now, the second call of the shofar, of course, there's many of them, but I selected a few that ties in with tishuva <coughs> is the shofar calls us to break down barriers that we have built up. And I call this a change of heart. It is so easy for us to build up walls in our hearts. Walls from other people that, you know, we like to keep people at arm's length. And even sometimes God, as I talked about last night, we uh, embrace God and we have accepted him into our lives. But sometimes only so far. And we put walls up because we're not sure we want him into certain areas of our hearts and our lives. And think about the story of uh, Jericho and Joshua in the book of Joshua. And it says there in chapter 6, the seventh time when the Kohanim blow on their shofars, Yehoshua, Joshua said to the people, shout because Adonai has given you the city. So the people shouted with the shofars blowing. And when the people heard the sound of the shofars, the people let out a great shout and the wall fell down flat so that the people went into the city, everyone straight ahead of them, and they captured the city. So just as the shofar caused the walls of Jericho to literally fall flat, God wants some of you to hear the call of the shofar this year and allow it to demolish and break down walls that you have built up in your heart. Again, walls uh, restricting him access to your heart. Some of us walls that have uh, kept others from drawing close to us. So when we hear the call of the shofar, God wants to break down the barriers that we have built up and to have that change of heart. The third thing this morning that I want us to look at is that the shofar calls us to make room for the presence of Hashem in our lives. And this to me is a change of priority. In the book of Shmuel, Bet, 2 Samuel, we see King David. The Ark of the Covenant has not been in its rightful place. 
And so he goes to retrieve the Ark of the Covenant. And through a series of events, he finally gets it right in the terms of how to bring it up. But it says, so King David and all the house of Israel brought up the Ark of Hashem with what? Shouting and the sound of the shofar. You see, David brought the Ark back to Jerusalem because he had a heart after God and he had a great desire to be in his presence. So when we hear the call of the shofar today, it is a call to change the priority for some of us. Again, not that we don't love God, but sometimes we let other things crowd him out or we get so involved and busy doing other things that, that we don't make him to be the priority in our life. And we don't have that passion. And we've talked about this in recent message. You know, uh, when we talked about the passage, Anila Dodi Vidodi Lee, I am my beloved and my beloved is mine, that speaks of that intimate relationship with God. And so when we hear the call of the shofar today, for some of us, it's a call to say, you need to change your priorities. You need to put God back where he, he belongs. And you need to pursue after him with a passion. I have another story uh, the, from the rabbis. And this story is about a king. And he let it know uh, that on a certain day, he would be passing through a particular city. And during that stay, he would uh, uh, grace the inhabitants of the city with an audience during which he would deliver a royal address. And he would uh, then entertain requests and supplications from his subjects. So those who wish uh, were to prepare their request on the highest quality parchment uh, upon which they should write what it is that they were asking of the king and why they felt that the gracious king should grant their wishes. And they could ask for up to three things. So all the, all the city inhabitants, they begin preparing for this special day and to this royal welcome. Of course, there's a lot of excitement about the prospect that they might be one who was asked to come to this private audience with the king and where maybe some of their long four dreams that they've been hoping and, 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 and looking for could be answered by the king on this day. So the king arrived, and there was a lot of pomp and circumstances, and he was really impressed by the extravagant preparation that this city had made. And after delivering his royal address, this huge line formed in front of him. And each person in this line had this carefully written parchment to present to the king with the hope that his dreams would be granted on that day. So the king was very, very uh, uh, gracious, and he granted his subjects by granting any and all reasonable requests that were made to him that day. And so one by one, the people had their turn, and they came into the king's presence and all left with satisfied looks uh, because many of their dreams came true. So the entire time, the king, though, was observing that there was one uh, maidservant who stood at the back of the palace. She was modestly observing all the goings-ons, but she never approached the line herself. So now the line was almost empty, and she still not, did, did not approach. So intrigued, the king called her to himself, and he says, Tell me, why is it that you stand here quietly while all your fellow townsmen come and go, each of them having their wishes granted in the most generous manner? Do you not trust that I have the ability to grant your request? Oh, no, she said to the king. It's just that, well... I simply didn't have the time to prepare a parchment with my request. You see, when I heard the king would be visiting, I immediately became preoccupied with making sure everything would be ready to receive you. The draperies needed to be sewn, rugs, weed, floors clean, swept and polished. There was so much to do 
to make sure that the city <clears throat> was ready for the king's arrival, and I was so busy that I simply never got around to preparing my wish list. Today, as I stood before the king, I realized it was already too late. Indeed, I chose to spend my time in your presence and watch as you graciously dealt with your other subjects. So the king's face now glowed with a radiance, and he awed at his maidservant. He said, my dearest maidservant, if there is anyone who is truly deserving of having their wish granted, it must surely be you who have put my honor before all else. I will not trouble you to ask, for in your modesty your request would likely to be simple ones. Rather, I will grant you the blessings of my hand, the royal hand. I have no doubt that they will satisfy you beyond your wildest dreams. And the rabbis say the point of this story is that this young maiden was content to be in his presence. And that was, became her priority. It was not about getting something from the king as her other townsmen, but it was about preparing for the king. And once he arrived, she wanted to be where he was. That was the priority that she had in her life. And so it should be for us. And when we hear that call of the shofar, for some, it's calling us to make God first in our life once again. The next call is the shofar calls us to get rid of the old. To me, this was a change of habits. Again, we have been reflecting, and we'll reflect in the next 10 days and examining ourselves. Trust me, I am sure that for many of us, there are some things that need changed in our life, in the area of our habits, the things that we do. In the uh, book, in the New Covenant, the book of Colossians, <clears throat> chapter seven, or chapter 3, verses 7 through 9, Rav Shaul says, True enough, you used to practice these things in the life you once lived, but now put them all away. Anger, exasperation, meanness, slander, obscene talk. Never lie to one another because you have stripped away the old self with its ways and have put on the new self, which is continually being renewed in fuller and fuller knowledge, closer and closer to the image of its creator. And here, at this time of Rosh Hashanah and during the 10 days of awe, we have this opportunity to once again be renewed in the fuller knowledge of Hashem, by hearing the call of the shofar and making a change of our habits. And for some of us, it's in the area of our attitudes. For others, it might be in the area of our words. Think of what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So for some of us, when we hear the call of the shofar today, and during this season, it's a call to change our habits, to change our thought processes, to change the attitudes that we walk around, and for some of us, even to change the type of words that we speak. Because the words that we have speaking have been speaking are not bringing life to others, but rather death. And Michelet tells us that we have the power of life and death in our tongue. And so we want to speak life. So when you hear that call of the shofar, God is going to challenge some of you to change your words in this year ahead, others to change their attitudes. And uh, the final call of the shofar is the shofar calls us to pick up our weapons and fight the fight of faith. To me, this is a change of action. Over and over again, we see uh, in the Tanakh that the shofar was used to call the nation of Israel to war against the enemy and to fight 
the battles to see uh, the promises of God realized in their life. God has made promises, but he looks for our cooperation. And one of the passages I want to read with as we close here this morning is from Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verses 19 through 20. And the story of Nehemiah, just to familiarize you with it, Nehemiah, at this point, uh, the children of Israel were in exile, and Nehemiah was granted the privilege to go back and to rebuild uh, the walls of Jerusalem. And the walls were uh, not in good shape, and he went, and there was a lot of uh, opposition to what he was doing. And it's in the midst of this opposition that Nehemiah encourages the people who are working with him with these words. And he said to the nobles, the leaders, and the rest of the people, this is a great work, and it is spread out. We are separated on the wall, one far from another. But when, wherever you are, when you hear the sound of the shofar, come to that place to us, and our God will fight for you. For many of us, it's a call to action. We have been sitting back, and God wants us to stand up and to fight against the forces of darkness, to fight to see his kingdom established in our generation. As we have said so many times in in recent days and in this past year, so many things have happened in our country that it's just pure evil. And if we're not going to stand up and fight for righteousness to see the, the, the kingdom of God established in our generation, then who will do it? So when we hear the call of the shofar this year, it's going to be a call for many of us. It's time to, to stand up and to fight for righteousness and for the kingdom of God, not just in your life personally, which it should be, but also in our community and in our uh, uh, nation to see righteousness restored. So today, God is going to make a call to your heart, a call to change. In one of these areas or perhaps other areas, whatever it may be, we want to respond with eager hearts to hear what he has to say. Amen? Let's close with prayer as we prepare to hear the call of the shofar this morning. Hashem, I thank you for your word to us. And God, I pray that as we hear the call of the shofar, that we would hear that you are calling us to change. And God, whatever area of our life, Lord, for myself, I personally pray that I would hear and I would respond and change in the areas that you are calling me to change and that each of us would have that heart to say, God, show me. Let me hear very clearly when that shofar is blown the areas that you want me to change. And with your help, God, we know that the change can take place. And I thank you, Bishim Yeshua. Before we hear the call of the shofar, Rabbi Michael is going to come and lead us in Kaddish. So we'd like to invite anyone who would like to stand, who has lost a loved one in this past year, uh, to stand at this time and uh, in memory of them and anyone else who would uh, like to stand, we invite you to do so as well. It's known as the Mourner's Kaddish. But in fact, what it is, is a recognition that God is God, even in our greatest um, times of despair in our life, and that God is worthy of our praise, whether things are going well or things are challenging. And so as we um, recite Kaddish today, we do that knowing that the God that we serve is able to help us through every and any situation that comes our way. 
Magnified and sanctified be God's great name in the world which he has created according to his will. May he establish his kingdom soon in your lifetime and during your days and in the life of Israel speedily and soon. And let us say, Amen. May his great name be praised to all eternity. Hallowed and honored, extolled and exalted, adored and acclaimed be the name of the Holy One, though he is above all the praises, hymns, and songs of adoration which men can utter. Let us say, Amen. May God grant abundant peace and life to us and to all Israel, and let us say, Amen. May he who ordains harmony in the universe grant peace to us and to all Israel, and let us say, Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to ask uh, Raphael and Miles to come up as we prepare to hear the call of the shofar. And again, I pray that each of us would have ears to hear that call to change in the different areas of our life. So we'll start out with our uh, verses on the shofarot, and then uh, Miles will read the blessing, and then we'll uh, call out the calls and then conclude the verses here. So join me uh, in uh, English here uh, with these verses. You revealed yourself in the cloud of glory to your holy people. From the heavens they heard your voice, and you manifested yourself to them in clouds of purity. 
The whole world trembled at your presence, and your creation stood in awe before you. When you, O king, revealed yourself on Mount Sinai to teach your people your Torah and instructions, causing them to hear your majestic voice and your holy words from flames of fire amid thunder and lightning. You revealed yourself to them, and you did shine forth on them as the shofar was sounded. And on the third day in the morning, there was thunder and lightning and a dense cloud over the mountain. And the shofar sounded loudly, and all the people in the camp trembled. The sound of the shofar grew louder and louder. Moshe spoke, and God answered him. And all the people perceived the thunders and the lightnings and the sound of the shofar and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood far off. God ascended with a shout. The Lord, with the sound of a shofar, with the trumpets and the sound of the shofar, raised joyful voices before the king. The Lord, sound the shofar on the new moon and on the full moon for our festival day, for it is a statute for Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty expanse. Praise him for his saving deeds. Praise him according to his abundant greatness. Praise him with the blast of the shofar. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with the string instruments and pipe. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All you inhabitants of the world and dwellers on the earth, when a banner is lifted up on the mountain, see it. And when the shofar is sounded, hear it. On that day, a great shofar shall be sounded. And they shall come who were lost in the land of Assyria, and they who were dispersed in the land of Egypt. And they shall worship the Lord on the holy mountain at Jerusalem. The Lord shall be revealed to them, and his arrows will go forth as lightning. The Lord shall sound the shofar, and shall go in the whirlwinds of the south. The Lord of hosts will defend them. So he will be a shield over your people with your, peop- with your peace. Our God and God of our fathers, sound the great shofar for our freedom. Set up the banner to gather our exiles. Assemble our scattered ones from among the nations and gather our dispersed from the uttermost parts of the earth. Lead us with celebration and with everlasting joy to Zion, your city, to Jerusalem, the place of your sanctuary, where we will offer that which is prescribed by your Torah. On the day of your gladness and on your festivals and on noon moons, you shall sound the shofar over your offerings, and they shall be reminders to you before your God, I am the Lord your God. For you hear the sound of the shofar and give heed to its call. There is none like you. Deserving of praise are you, O Lord, who in mercy hears the shofar sounds of your people, Israel. Let's hear the blessing. Blessed are you, ruler of the universe, who has sanctified us with commandments and who has commanded us to hear the voice of the shofar. Amen. I'm going to teach you three Hebrew words here. We will practice them today. So the first word is tekiah. The second word is shivarim. The third word is teruach. And there's a fourth one. I keep forgetting. It's only said once, and that's gidolah. Okay. 
All right, that was very weak, and that's the biggest one. Okay, let's say it again. Gidolah. It means great. It's going to be the great shofar sound. All right, so we're going to say these kolbiyaka. That means all together so we don't confuse our uh, shofar blowers. And we're going to hear the call of the shofar together. I'll keep track, so don't worry about it. Together. Tekiah. Shivarim. Teruach. Tekiah. Tekia, Shivarim, Teruach, Tekia, Tekia, Shivarim, Teruach, Tekia, Tekia. Shivarim, Tekia, Tekia, Shivarim, Tekia, Tekia, Shivarim, Tekia, Tekia. Teruach, Tekia, Tekia, Teruach, Tekia, Tekia, Teruach. And together we're going to say the last one. Hear the call of the shofar calling you to change this year. Ready? Takia Gidola. Amen. 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 Adonai, we hear the call to change. Join me as we complete our shofar rope verses. Just as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with a shofar of God. And the dead and Messiah shall rise first. Then we who remain alive shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we always be with the Lord. May it be your will that the sounding of the shofar which we have done will be embroidered in the veil by the appointed angel as you accepted it by Elijah of blessed memory and by Yeshua the prince of the face with the one who sits on the throne. May you be filled with compassion to us, deserving of praise are you, Lord of compassion. This day the world was called into being. This day all the creatures of the universe shall stand in judgment before you as children or as servants. If as children have pity upon us as a father pities his children. And if as servants we call upon you to be gracious to us and merciful in judgment of us. O revered and holy God, in Yeshua our Messiah we examine ourselves for the next ten days. And through him, we trust you, our God, to pronounce us righteous. Just pause. Just to say, that's so important. I mean, as we celebrate, my husband and I was talking about this. 
I know I've done preaching, but we are a Messianic synagogue, and we believe in the Jewish Messiah, that he came and he died for our sins. So as we approach these 10 days of awe, it's not out of dread and fear, but that verse there, we do it through trust, God. Trust in you and in the blood that we have applied to heart to pronounce us righteous. Amen? Let's finish this. May the entreaty of our lips find favor before you, O Most High and exalted God, who carefully hears and graciously regards the voice of our shofar blast. Accept with mercy and favor our prayers concerning the shofar. Amen. At this time, I'm going to come over. And I'm going to speak a blessing over the apples and honey and the challah. I'm going to just take a small piece of challah and do this. May it be your will, or Lord our God, to make for us or to renew for us a good and a sweet year. We have a good and sweet year. Let's speak the blessing over our food. Again, we want to invite everyone to go up. If you're here visiting us, we ask you to please go to the front of the line. Everyone who's a regular tender at Beth Emanuel, that means you go to the back. Allow them to go first. So we, we welcome you to, 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 to come up and uh, join us in the fellowship. Let's say our blessing over the fruit. Baruch Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who through you all things came into being. Amen. We welcome you to come upstairs and to join us as we celebrate the goodness of the Lord as we enter into 5776.